0: Good afternoon, everyone. Can you all hear me? Hopefully you can. Um, this session is all about how the global wine market is adapting operating models to drive growth and profitability. I'm going to share paths to growth at work and examples of a few people who've done it. Um, and in doing so, I'll be speaking to two questions. How to scale and takeaways on leveraging technology to achieve sustainable growth. I think we'd all uh, take the view that the global wine market had lagged behind other sectors in developing new business operating models, and I'm sure there are many reasons for that. Um, Three that stand out for me are market complexity, poor inventory management, and a lack of standardization. But the landscape's changing, and with the growth of industry-specific platforms, buying platforms of various kinds, API services focused on a particular purpose, uh, marketing channels and sales channels. The digital operating platform for the future of the fine wine market is taking shape and it's taking shape now. COVID provided the rocket fuel that powered adoption along with changes to how people lived and worked. So what does this all mean for wine retail? We think it's a major opportunity to level up and grow. Uh, Let's let's take a step backwards. When Thomas Jefferson ordered his barrels of the most expensive available Bordeaux, wines that were to much later become first growths when the classification craze kicked in um, in the mid-19th century, the wine Retail-merchanting model was buy wine, take on the Elevage and bottling, lay it down for a few years, offer it for sale when it was closer to its drinking date. Not that much changed in the retail model uh, over the intervening couple of centuries, apart from producers bottling wines before shipping into distribution channels. Cost of inventory was relatively low. So stock holding for prolonged periods of time with sales margins that reflected the medium to long-term cost of capital and the expected return on capital made sense. That changed. COVID aside, which let us all hope was a once in a generation market externality, four trends have been catalysts for the current dynamism in evolving operating models that we're seeing. One was the digital explosion in sales and marketing channels. Second was the technology shift away from ERP under one roof computing to DOP digital operating platforms and the step change in the ease of connectivity within markets that that facilitated. It made it possible to connect best-in-class application solutions to form a perfectly adapted business platform for a market that wasn't easily adaptable to. The third was behavioral consumer shifts in how consumers buy. And the fourth was the serious increase in the cost of wine. It's no longer straightforward to be a broad-based stockholder covering all bases. So as a retailer how do you grow how do you level up with the bigger guys the first step the first crucial step is data mastering so when i talk about data mastering i mean a number of things i mean mastering your inventory your master record is the one that's generated on or from a purchase order is updated via a sales order is tracked through its movements, reconciled when it lands into a storage location, gets moved from your account to a customer account or to a customer delivery address and so on. All of that becomes vastly more significant when you start to talk about multi-channel mastering. In order to be successful at multi-channel selling, managing inventory and fulfilment becomes a more significant issue than ever before. Ever before. How do you master inventory for e-commerce and other channels, phone-based orders, and, say, LiveX at the same time? It's an inventory availability and scaling issue. You'll also know that reconciling wines that arrive at a third-party logistics warehouse can be a bit of a nightmare, and there are a number of reasons for that part deliveries, deliveries coming in different pack sizes, which is why mastering data is also about knowing where it is, what's due to arrive, what has arrived, what's not going to arrive, what's not yet in bottle or still elsewhere. The platform that masters your inventory needs therefore also to comprise workflow management, reconciliation and discrepancy reporting. And finally, let's not forget content mastering. The content overhead of going online, as I'm sure many in this room have found, is really significant, Uh, whether it's product level content reviews, scores, drinking dates, product definitions. Content admin becomes 50% or more of the working day for some people, taking them away from connecting with clients and building relationships. Content mastering is enormously assisted by having a strong referential database that underpins your systems, which will be comprising l codes, maybe your codes, all of those product definitions, preloaded images, bottle shots, all of that stuff. So the benefits of mastering, are, I think, are clearer than ever in a more complicated multi-channel world. It opens up that market potential. It improves consistency. It definitely improves the customer experience. It therefore improves engagement, and it frees up precious resources within your retail business. So you're now mastering your data on a DOP, on a digital operating platform underpinned by product referential data Let's have a look at some of those channel choices. Of course, e commerce as part of that setup, but this time mastered from your digital operating platform, and that mastering including product definitions and all that other stuff that we've talked about. Pricing and tagging managed from your digital operating system, purchasing history consolidated on your digital operating system, and sales order history consolidated from all of those different channels that you're selling through and mastered on your digital operating platform. Multi-channel selling means every other channel you wish to connect with, but concurrently. So you're not sort of taking slithers of your inventory and allocate them, allocating them on an exclusive basis to one channel or another. That's complicated and it's prone to mistakes in any case. Uh, this is about um, figuring out what you're going to sell through what channel, at what margin, and managing those margins accordingly through things like marketplaces and marketing agents and search engine shopping and searcher and Pix and LiveX. And not forgetting the omni-channel aspects of um, multi-channel that's been discussed already today in-store, phone, and email sales. So you've figured out the addressable market that you want to reach through the channels that you want to connect with, your own and third party. How do you now shape your product offering to align with that extended addressable market? And to a certain extent, it's going to depend on the business's working capital intensity goals so are you a pure play stockholder are you going to stay a stockholder are you going to transition to a more blended model if you're transitioning to a more blended model how are you going to manage that how are you going to connect with your sources of supply how do you take in and manage those product catalogues those product catalogues will have your cost price within them. You wanna manage your margin at the same time and make sure you're setting up your selling prices um, for wines within those catalogs. So when it comes time to write a purchase order, it's really easy just to flick a few switches and put uh, those lines that you need to put on the purchase order there. Or do you wanna take a parallel approach and pull in sources of supply into, into virtual inventory. Virtual inventory being sources that you can update, create delta files at each point of update, or hook up to via APIs. Again, figuring out which which bit of those virtual feeds are right for you, figuring out based on the margin that you think you can achieve the availability of stock uh, that is in those feeds in, in the first place. And building a product sourcing strategy that is going to enable you to grow your wine list and ensure that what you have is fit for purpose for all of those different channels that you're now looking to sell through. As you can imagine, adoption of workflow management is required as a guarantor of customer success and process um, efficiency improvements. And let's not forget developing a storage offering, a client-face engagement and consignment platform enabling you to manage your client purchased wines and giving them the visibility of what they bought through you and providing um, efficient and easy uh, workflow to be able to consign those wines to you or through you. That's where the hub, the wine hub, comes in, enabling you to manage all of that complexity much more easily and efficiently. And setting up your wine business so that you can pick and choose which business operating models to implement according to what makes sense to each business. And ensuring that those chosen business models run efficiently. And, you know, we work globally. Europe and Asia are, of course, very different markets to the US, relatively unfettered by regulation. But there are very clear parallels. And in working with US wine businesses, we see many common business management needs and many common opportunities, because it's a creative environment that we are in today. So you know, where do you? How do you leverage this technology? You start with a clear strategy. You determine what are the operating models that best suit you based on considerations like your market positioning, your resources, your addressable market. Drive efficiency through workflow management. Reduce uh, the amount of time that your resources are tied up uh, re and re-keying stuff that should already be there, that, sh- that, that, that frees them up and provides you with better resource availability and enables you to start thinking about your business as a multi-channel uh, 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 business. So um, let's sort of talk about um, three stories. Um, Three businesses, all a bit different, um, who um, have adopted this approach. The first one is 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 really interesting because Brunswick is is a business that was founded back in 2016. It does a lot. It's an importer. It's a stockholder. It's a consumer business. It's a storage provider it does brokerage and consignment, Uh, it's going online and it's opening a shop. They represent a high growth business connecting and engaging with its clients uh, through a number of channels and showing that it is possible um, to sustain profitable growth. They doubled their business between 2016 and 19 having posted around $5.7 million in the first year of trading, so it was a really strong start. They then brought on the hub to scale in every way, and as you can see from this quote, they were concerned about their ability to carry on scaling, to carry on opening up new, channel, new sales channels and be able to kind of keep the momentum going. Um, but they did, and they scaled pretty much everything within their business. They scaled their top line sales, they scaled the sourcing and selling that they did through third-party platforms, Um, and they doubled again their business between 2020 and now. So I guess um, these days they're around about a $28 million business. Um, The second one is um, a very different uh, example. It's a small one-man band, one-woman band based in Hong Kong. Um, Iris knew exactly what she needed. Um, she was pretty tech savvy. Her focus was in on inventory management that could handle all the different sorts of stock that she intended to sell. So her own stock and consign stocks and third party feeds. That also meant that the business system needed to be able to manage her procurement, organize and track shipping from her European supply chain, and of course handle efficient landing and storage or delivery of client purchased stocks. She needed to set up e-commerce in a hurry and switch on um, her personal um, uh, relationship um, um, selling in parallel. Um, So she also had a great start um, to her business. She started cold. She um, managed around three and a half million dollars in the first year, Um, and um, and, uh, as you can see, um, uh, that continues. She's pretty happy. Um, The third example is a business that started up even more recently, um, just in um, November 2021. Um, It was founded by a guy called Tom Mann. He had... A lot of experience in the market. He also had a lot of experience in tech. In fact, he was the guy who specified the adaptation of NetSuite to the um, UK wine market um, with a product called WineSuite. So he knew exactly what he wanted. He had a really clear perspective of the different inventory types he needed a business operating system to support um, and the importance of product data references and that underlying referential information. For him, shipping uh, was another really important consideration to automatically calculate the total cost of goods purchased with everything baked in, and to improve the accuracy of those warehouse landings that we touched upon earlier. Finally, he was looking for a platform that supported multi-channel selling and that allowed for different line entry items to be allocated to different sales channels concurrently, including e-commerce. And that's driven his business within seven months. He's, he's, um, he's really rocking, he's doing really well. Um, thank you very much. Um, that's pretty much what I wanted to share with you today. If you've got any questions, uh, don't hesitate to ask otherwise. Um, we're getting closer and closer, aren't we, to that moment when We're all going to need a drink. But thanks very much for listening.